You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me now? I can. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Get off me, Peyton! Jesus Christ, dogs! All right, you're just like you're very low in my ear for some reason. But hold on, that might be oh, my I'm fault. Sorry, hello. Wait, wait, no, that might be my fault. Okay. Somehow my speakers are turned like down to twenty-six. Keep talking. Hello, hello, hello. hello oh hello, yeah, that's hello, much hello. better. Okay. Yes, that was because I don't know why the hell my thing was turned down to 26, but it was, so there we go. Womp stompers. Uh, One of life's great mysteries. That will never be solved. <laughs> uh, so many mysteries in this year of 2020. So So very many. Oh, jeez. So many mysteries. You have no idea. Uh, we'll talk some of those mysteries on... This edition of the Foreign Fair Podcast. Hi, everyone. Hey. Um, so, um, this is episode 323 of the AFA Podcast. I am Edward Green, joined by my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, not super a lot about matches. I mean, obviously, we do have to talk some about the matches. But um, there's also a lot of big news uh, this week, which... If any of you have followed this podcast for any sort of length of time, you probably can already guess some of our feelings about that news. So get 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 ready for some anger on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is not going to be a super happy one. Eh, we'll see though. Um, and I haven't yeah, we'll even talk- finished. I have yet to finish Community yet. So jeez. Oh well. With an entire week to do it, I've yet to finish it. So. Disappointment after disappointment. No, it's fine. Oh, yeah. um, we'll be able to talk about that next week. Um, so we have plenty to talk about, as I said today. Um, as always, podcast presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Uh, and a lot of things aren't stopping. Baseball is coming back soon, probably. Um, football might be getting moved to the spring. So that's in- interesting. Of all people, I happen to run into Chris Lee tonight, so we had a little talk about that. So. <laughs> How, oh. we, can, we can we can we can dish on that at the end. Oh um, yeah, we, we might just do that amongst ourselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's we're gonna really quickly go because again, at this point of the season, with the way the schedule has been upended, tons of matches are getting played. So I'm gonna go really quickly through the results. Uh, Everton and Southampton drew 1-1. Danny Ings for Player of the Year. Uh, Bournemouth and Spurs played a nil-nil draw. Uh, 
Uh, United pounded Villa 3-0. Bournemouth and Villa are probably most likely going down because of other results as well. Uh, West Ham destroyed Norwich and Mikhail Antonio with the quadra kill in that one. Uh, Watford beats Newcastle 2-1 in a comeback effort from Troy Deeney that may have uh, have actually saved them from being relegated. Uh, Liverpool and Burnley drew 1-1. Sure. Sheffield beat Chelsea 3-0. Sure. Man City beat Brighton and Hove 5-0. Yeah, I believe that. That That is starting to sound a little more normal. Um, Wolves beat Everton 3-0. Sure, that's also normal. Uh, gotcha, Everton. Uh, Aston Villa beat Palace 2-0. Uh, Spurs beat Arsenal in the North London Derby 2-1. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, Bournemouth beat Leicester 4-1, temporarily saving their season and further dooming Leicester to what could be the choke job of all choke jobs. Um, then United drew Southampton 2-2 on a very... Leicester's mysterious... still got a chance! They do. Uh, United draws Southampton 2-2 with the most mysterious of goals at the end uh, for Mikel Obafemi in the 96th minute. Ooh, that was a that was an interesting one. Uh, Chelsea beat Norwich 1-0 on Tuesday. And then today, Wednesday, uh, Man City uh, squeaked past Bournemouth 2-1 after evading a late cherry onslaught. Tottenham uh, beat Newcastle actually pretty handedly, uh, 3-1 in there. Uh, Wolves and Burnley drew 1-1. Chris Wood with a very, 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 very late penalty in that one. Uh, And then Arsenal beat Liverpool 2-1 because... Yeah, okay. Um, uh, Wes, where... Did you did you want to talk about any matches that struck out to you besides besides the Liverpool matches? Any anything pop up about you? Uh, I know you I know you mentioned Leicester and as I did too. Um, any teams or matches popping out to you uh, again outside of uh, outside of Liverpool? Um, that North London derby just because mm-hmm. you know we we talked about it a little bit amongst ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there was a uh, an athletic article. Uh, about you know this is this could be an eighty million pound swing match and da, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. you know that Tottenham may have pushed themselves into Europa at the expense of Arsenal and we were kind of like eh, still Europa so, yeah. yeah whatever yeah. Uh, but but at the end of the day for Tottenham you know it, it has been a tough season they're mm-hmm. not getting to the Champions League so you know what finish above Arsenal yeah. At least, you know, at least get a little something going your way, and then they help themselves with that big win over uh, Newcastle today. Um, so good on them. Uh, that, God, Lester Bournemouth. <clears throat> Jesus, I walk away at 1-0, and Lester's just bludgeoning Bournemouth, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can go do something. I'm fine. Nothing, nothing to see here. <laughs> Next thing I know, I walk back into the house. It's 4-1, and Dom Solanke has not scored one but two goals, which basically yeah. is two more than he had ever scored for Bournemouth before that match. <laughs> um, so it was just like, what in the name of shit happened here? Uh, luckily, I had it going on the TV so I could rewind it and watch what was happening. And, God, the moment of madness from the Bournemouth center back whose name I'm not even going to attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, got him not only sent off for the match, but for the rest of the season, pretty much. Um, oh, you mean Leicester's player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Leicester center back yeah. who kicked the... Um, Aglar Sayonku. Yeah, but 
the Greek guy. Yes, that one. Whatever. The guy um, with three umlauts in his last name. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know he he ain't from Eastern North Carolina. I'll tell you that. Very true. Very true. Um, but uh, it was absolutely bizarre to see Lester just fall apart, and to see the—I mean, no one has suffered more since the start, the restart yeah. of Lester. I mean, this is a team who yeah, they were already kind of having some issues before the virus. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, crazy between Leicester and Liverpool, I mean, there's just two teams who just have not refound their mojo at all. Yeah. And, um, yeah, both of them can – it can pop up from time to time. But overall, for neither of them, have they refound the form that had them arguably well, – Liverpool, obviously the best team in the league, and Leicester for a while, mm-hmm. they're arguably the second best team in the league. Mm-hmm. So um, – yeah, that's tough. You know, on Liverpool's end, I mean, shit, everything's wrapped up. So, no, you know, whatever, we lost. Big deal. Uh, for Leicester, Jesus Christ, the fact that United has suddenly figured out how to play football. And, um, of course, if you look online, the most heralded 18-game unbeaten streak of all time. And did you know that if the what? season had started in February, that United <laughs> would be at the top of the table? That's crazy. Um, they're going to win the uh, Premier League's first ever participation trophy because they would have been on top if the season started in February. I'm so sick of that damn stat. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Liverpool at that point had already won the freaking league, so they were on cruise. Uh, City's right there and also navigating Europe. So mm-hmm. shut up, United. Don't, or, I, don't, I don't think it's United. I think it's like, maybe it's just ESPN. <laughs> it's, which, of course, we know our faults there. But anyway. Um, so, uh, you know, that's been something to keep an eye on. But uh, Leicester, you know, they, they kind of got a mini reprieve with United mm-hmm. drawing to Southampton on Monday because I think everyone was like, oh, here they go. In the fourth. Cool. So now it's basically a four-match playoff. With the oh, this is so tasty. The last day of the season, Leicester versus Man United. Yeah, I mean that's that's just absolutely beautiful. Um, and that match will be at the King Power, I do mm-hmm. believe. You are correct, sir. Yes, so that match at the King Power. Now, before they get there, yeah, they are both oh, taking boy. different chances. There, Leicester have to play Sheffield and Tottenham. Yeah. To get United, which, you know, Tottenham, we'll see. And Sheffield, we'll kind of see. Sheffield haven't really been great since the restart. Uh, where Man United, on the other hand, before they get there, have a typical Man United run-in of uh, West Ham and Crystal Palace. Uh, but also have an FA Cup semifinal with Chelsea in that span yes. as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. we, we got a race for the top. Ooh. We do. And it looks like Chelsea are going to be yeah. okay. Probably, um, yeah. Well, Leicester and United, both of the match at hand, so they can go mm-hmm. to 62 with wins. Um, but, you know, Chelsea, I think Chelsea are going to do enough to hold on. Let's look at the end of that Chelsea run. Um, oh, they've got United and Wolves. Oh, no, they, I was just saying they just have Wolves. Oh, hold on, they have one game in August. Well, that's Bayern. Chelsea really down to just one match later. Uh, Chelsea should have two matches. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm let me, thinking. Let me look that. But Espen's not telling me that. 
Uh, they have Liverpool and Wolves. That's right. They have Liverpool. That, that is not – oh, there it is. Okay, they had it weirdly up there. Yeah, and I mean, right now with Liverpool kind of already on the beach at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, just real quick to look at here. The last 11 matches, so from the start of February for Leicester, they have two wins in their last 11 matches. 3-0 against Crystal Palace during the restart, and right before we went into quarantine. Actually, th- actually this was the very last game that was played before quarantine. It was a 4-0 win over Aston Villa. Uh, those are their only two wins in their last 11 matches. Uh, they drew to Chelsea and Wolves, lost to City and Norwich. Then uh, in the restart, they drew Watford and Brighton and Hove, lost to Everton, lost or drew to Arsenal, and then lost to Bournemouth. There is a world I can see where Leicester just loses their last three matches to Sheffield Spurs and United. I, that's really tough. Yeah, um, I mean that that's a tough run in. Um, but, you know, it, it's crazy how things have just turned here at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. Just crazy. Um, and, yeah, obviously the North London Derby, also a, a big match. Um, was good to see, you know, Spurs actually get a big win this season. Uh, those have been very few and far between. Um, do also want to quickly mention um, Serge Aurier um, playing today against Newcastle. Um after it came out a couple days ago that his brother had been shot and killed in France. Um, just a horrible, horrible tragedy for Serge. Um, and he did choose himself to play today as, as a way to, I guess, process and, and, and sort of, I guess, take his mind off of it for a couple hours at least. Um, so thoughts and prayers with him, of course, in this very terrible time. Um, and then, yeah, the North London Derby, really really good showing for the most part for spurs mm-hmm. um to be able to to weather um a little bit of arsenal's early power um and especially in the second half it looked like arsenal really took control of the match um but arsenal's finishing just wasn't good enough in this one um both teams had letoffs um ben davies i know hit the bar uh, early on in like midway through the first half. I know somebody for Arsenal also hit the bar. I do not remember who at this moment. Um, it was a tough match. And it is, again, one of the few positives Tottenham will be able to take away from this season is that they did get, uh, in the first North London derby at new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, they were able to get a victory. So that is that is something to build on. It does look like, along with the Newcastle win today, Maybe something's starting to come together with Josie's team. Maybe Harry Kane's starting to get back into a little bit of form now that he's had a proper actual run of games. Um, so just just mothball that man and, and after the next two and keep him safe through the summer. Um, or summer-ish, I guess is what it's going to be. Hey, Green, um, what flavor is your Kool-Aid over there? <laughs> Great, thanks for asking. Um... Oh, yeah, I'll just that's the hope. That's that's the great hope. Um, also going to be interesting. We'll talk a little, very briefly, news and notes about the uh, the whole transfer window thing. Um, but that's that's going to be very interesting for Spurs. Um, might also be interesting for Liverpool because according to Liverpool FC on Reddit, um, they they need to get rid of everybody, 
and bring in an entirely new team because everything oh, is... oh, oh, no, oh. no, okay, wait. Let me. I'm. I'm oh, is this I'm, I'm, Are people I'm exaggerating. Need to get rid of <laughs> I am exact. So they're not. They're not screaming. They need to get rid of everybody. But there is starting to be a a rumbling that um maybe you know with city spending a hundred billion dollars next year, which we'll get to that in news and notes. Uh, with United looking to spend, with Chelsea looking to spend. Um, maybe we should spend a little bit of money this transfer market and uh, get some uh, maybe get some depth off that bench and and help in uh, help in defense and maybe a little bit in the offense too. Yeah, that would be that would be great if we didn't have to throw on Tivok or Ricci again. That would be that would be super wonderful. Thanks. Um, no, I think it was just mostly. Uh, it, it seems like the the general thing is, you know. Firmino needs to score more. Salah is being too selfish. Uh, Dejan Lovren never needs to play again. Uh, I can't believe Virgil and Allison actually fucked up that badly today. Oh, no. um, gotta, gotta kill him for that. You know? Yeah. So that that seems to be the general. Like, Even though, if you ask me, Virgil still got uh, Virgil got fouled on that first one. I would say the general attitude is we're super happy we won the league. But we're slightly nervous about what this could mean for next season with this current run of form. And it's it's one of those weird things, and I've been thinking about this a lot. If like these because the the run of form has been bad. I think it's six wins, six losses, two draws in their last 14 in all comps. And like if that those losses had been spread out over the entire year, I think this would be like whatever. But I think because they've been all grouped in this very tight portion at the end of the year, it looks a lot worse than it really is. Um, I also think to some fans, it may have given this impression the way they had their super unbeaten run to start the year. It, it may have given the impression that Liverpool were slightly better than they really are, where they're not an actual 112-point Premier League club, but they're just like maybe one of the top five Premier League clubs of all time. Slight difference, just a slight difference. Um, and now that they've come back to earth ever so slightly, now that they've already won, now that there's been this whole COVID pandemic break in their momentum, everything just seems really weird. And and before I finish talking, I'll just mention this: if there are changes to be made, it almost kind of sucks that this is the way it's ending because, to me, and again, I I know nothing compared to the coaching staff at Anfield. So please understand that when I'm saying this. But I, I do wonder how much you start chalking up to players' performances of how much of this was the weird break and the restart and have having already clinched the title and how much of this is maybe we actually need to look at this guy and, and really see what's if there is something wrong here and if we do need to maybe start looking into replacements or at the very least a backup to challenge them on, on the, on the training ground. So that's, that's where I'm at right now from my outsider perspective, but I will now turn the floor over to you, Wes Bradshaw um, for what I'm sure in no sarcastic terms will be a very irrational take, take on this last couple of weeks of Liverpool football. Fire everyone! Oh my oh god! Oh god, I was wrong! Oh no! We need at least two billion pounds to rebuild this squad. <laughs> if we don't get Mbappe, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I'm gonna go be a City fan. 
Um, no, uh, I do believe. Let's put it this way: I, if the virus had not hit, and we had not had this change where no fans in the stands, mm-hmm. I truly believe Liverpool could have gone and broken that hundred-point barrier. Mm-hmm. Just because, especially these home matches, mm-hmm. the crowd would not have let them slip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, obviously, anything can happen. But you know, um, uh, the, the draw to Burnley probably doesn't happen with fans in the stands, just because there is that whole to borrow a college football phrase, kind of a twelfth man thing at Liverpool right now. I mean, Anfield, the crowd's just incredible. Um, they refuse to do anything but win at home. Um, on the road, Liverpool seem to get a boost when it's as hostile as it can be because they, they're they one of those teams they seem to feed off the hostile crowd. And there's none of that to kind of push it on. Explain how they That's, can struggle at City. Exactly. I mean, because... Adam. Well, I mean, we've seen... True. I mean, yeah, I mean, we can make all the city jokes we want. They're <laughs> so used to playing in front of an empty stadium. You know, it's it's like every home game for them. Um, but, you know, the last few times that Liverpool have gone to City, I mean, hell, they've taken it right to City. And sure. this time it was just like, eh, we're turning up, okay. Um, I don't think that's done them any favors. I do think that there is a train of thought that I somewhat support that we need to refresh the squad. Now, what that means is I think we have the best starting 11 in the world. I'm not touching my starting 11. Um, And and just one more to throw in there. uh, Jordan Henderson not being there is not a big help right now. Maybe the PFA player of the year. You know, he, he's done for the season. So not having Jordan Henderson does not help, uh, especially when he's your captain and the guy who kind of pushes and pushes everything. So, um, yeah, that, that can kind of also explain the late season kind of fade here. But I do believe that Liverpool, to to be able to go back and challenge for the Premier League again next year, to go back and challenge for what we believe is our rightful spot, in the elite of Europe. Um, I think we need something. Uh, I have no problem with what Klopp did this past year, trusting the team he had, coming back with them, adding Harvey Elliott, Seth Vandenberg, two guy, and Andy Longeren, who, I mean, let's face it, those three were never going to be anything but minor, minor bit players for you this year anyway. Um, I, I admire him going for it with that group. You've won the league. You basically, I mean, right now they're the reigning everything that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the reigning big everything. Um, so that's been done. Now it is time for some evolution in this squad. Um, you can upgrade on Wavern somewhere. Uh, you <laughs> can upgrade on Origi. Uh, you can upgrade on Shakiri, who came on today. Uh, there are, you know, Adam Alana is leaving. That's going to give Curtis Jones more of a shot. And that's cool. And I'd like to see, you know, maybe Curtis Jones is that next guy who's going to step up and be big time. Uh, but, God, I hate comparing my my beloved Liverpool to Manchester United in the least of ways. But you look back at the great Alex Ferguson squads, 
that he had at Manchester United. And what set them apart from everyone else was Fergie knew when it was time to refresh and rebuild a squad. And he was fucking ruthless about it. I mean, he did not give a shit who you were. Roy Keane, bye. Beckham, bye. Um, Yabstam, bye. I mean, you can go back for his entire run at United. When it was time to improve, bye. What have you done for me lately? Oh, you did that? Bye. And that's what kept them fresh. That's what kept them going. I mean, basically, that's why the man won, I believe, 13 Premier League titles. It wasn't by accident. He knew what he was doing. He knew how to refresh the squad. That doesn't mean that you blow up a fantastic starting 11 who are all in their prime or entering their prime. That's not what that means. What that does mean, though, is you have to keep bringing in some new guys every year. Not seven, eight new guys a year, but you bring in two or three guys who can push those guys ahead on. Yeah, I would love nothing more than to bring in another center forward, and by Christmas next year, we're arguing who should be starting, this guy or Firmino. And not because Firmino sucked, but because this guy's been so good. I, that's what you want. You want that kind of competition. That competition keeps everybody fighting at all times. And for Liverpool, they're going to need something because – they have just gone through two straight, shit, three straight, if you want to go back to the year they went to the European final and lost to Real Madrid. Three straight years that this core group has gone to war. And I'm not talking just going out and playing matches. I mean, you know, when you go and play for Klopp, they go to war every week. And eventually there's just there's got to be some refreshing to it. And this seems like a good time to do it. You're coming off, you've won a European title. You've won the Premier League. You're, you should be in a strong position right now of recruitment. You have, in my eyes, and arguably the best manager in the world. Um, you've got the best goalkeeper in the world, the best center back in the world. You can build in front of that team, the best front three in the world, if you want to say it. Arguably, you can you can build that team to have more depth, guys rotating in. It is going to take the right guys because you're not going to get somebody who just expects because of their name that they're going to roll in and take Mo Salah's spot. But my God, I'd love for someone to come in and push Mo Salah as hard as they can to make him a better player, to push Firmino and make him a better player, to push Jeannie Vinaldum and uh, Nabi Keita and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to make them better players. So there is definitely room to improve that squad. Now, the thing is, when it comes to the money, FSG have already said, and they've run Liverpool as a self-sustaining club, where they don't pour in a bunch of outside money just when they're ready to go buy somebody. Liverpool spends what they make. And that's another thing that this virus is really hurting them in, as where, you know, they're losing revenue. They've lost a lot of revenue because of this. A lot of teams have. But for City, well, the Sheik can just write a check. Um, you know, if Abramovich wants to, he can just write a check for Chelsea. Uh, United, with all the money they make, the Glazers, well, the Glazers all write a check. But, you know, United have the funding to go do what they want to do. And you just hope that Liverpool, in such a position of strength and in such a good spot right now, they don't somewhat rest on their laurels. and revert back to, well, we finished second this year and we got to the semifinals of Europe. Shit, you know, that's that's disappointing after what's happened. 
So, um, and I don't know who it would be. Don't even ask me. You know, all the all the guys were connected to the. You know, obviously Timo Werner's not happening. He's at Chelsea. Um, Kai Havertz doesn't look like it'd be him. Um, I mean, there are guys out there, but I mean, we'll see. It's going to be an extremely interesting summer, especially finding out now what we have about the transfer market. Yeah, absolutely. So this is this is going to be really interesting, and I'm I'm very curious to see who FSG does end up bringing in. Um, I think that's a big question that a lot of Liverpool fans right now is, is FSG going to spend the mes- the necessary money? Um, after everything you said about them being such a self-sustaining uh, run club, are they going to spend the money to bring in the people? And then again, it is also, as you said, about bringing in the right people. So that is really, really something that's going to have to be looked at here. Uh, as as they move forward, um, and they are going to have time to do it. I mean, they could basically start now if they want to. Yeah. Uh, so basically open. Yeah, it'll be it'll be open in a couple weeks, and again, we'll get to that uh, shortly here in news and notes. But um, yeah, it's gonna be open for a while. So, uh, but we are heading into the last um, excuse me, couple weeks here of this very weird and wild Premier League season. Um, Everybody has two matches left to play. A couple people have three. Uh, the ones that have three are going to finish those up tomorrow, probably about today by the time you're listening to this. Um, so again, these matches will probably already have taken place for the most part, but you will have Thursday of Everton Villa, uh, Leicester versus Sheffield, Southampton versus Brighton, and then Palace versus United. Uh, the rest of your slate going forward looks like this. Um, on Friday, you have West Ham versus Watford. That is a very important match um, because based on how this, the table looks right now, those teams might just want to play for a draw. Depending on <laughs> depending on what Villa does tomorrow, those teams might just have it in their best interest to play for a draw. But those are two uh, relegation possibilities that have opened the gap a little bit. But if one team gets a win there, the other team could could be in a spot of trouble going forward. Um, Saturday, just one match. Again, this is also an FA Cup weekend. Uh, 12.30, you get Norwich versus Burnley, a match that doesn't really matter. So, yay. Um, that, that'll, that'll be happening. Uh, Sunday, you get Bournemouth versus Southampton. That could be a big one at 9 o'clock. Then 11 a.m., Tottenham versus Leicester. Tottenham, again, trying to get into Europa positions maybe. And then Leicester obviously trying to hold on to their Champions League spot. Uh, could use a win there. Monday at 1 o'clock, you get Sheffield versus Everton and Brighton versus Newcastle. 3.15, you get Wolves versus Palace. On Tuesday, you get Watford versus Man City at 1, Villa versus Arsenal at 3.15. And on Wednesday at 1, you get United versus West Ham and at 3.15, Liverpool versus Chelsea. So some big matches still to come here. And again, as we look at the table, uh, Chelsea's at 63 right now. Uh, Leicester and United uh, with the game in hand are four points back. If both those teams can pick up wins in those matches, it will be a one point gap between those three teams. So very, very big there. Uh, Wolves, Tottenham are right now six, seven uh, Sheffield, right? Just one point behind uh, Tottenham. Arsenal, two points back. Burnley, more than that. And then again, West Ham, Watford, currently three points ahead of uh, Bournemouth. 
four points ahead of Villa. Bournemouth is the only one that's at 36 matches played. The rest of those three teams at 35. A lot to play for. Villa could still get out. Um, and I did want to ask you, Wes, before we moved on, um, assuming the table stays like this, and it's Bournemouth, Villa, Norwich that make the drop, which is more disappointing for you to see? Bournemouth going down after actually making some noise in the Premier League for a couple of years and then just kind of petering off? Or Villa coming up and then going right back down to the championship? Uh, I'm, uh, man, I really want to see Villa stay up. I just, I've got kind of this little mini crush on Villa, just as mm-hmm. a football club in general. Ton of history. They've won Europe. I like seeing those teams in the league. I, I can't wait to see Leeds back in the league next year. Yes. I'd love to see Nottingham Forest back in the league. I just think, I think it's better when those teams are around. Um, also, Villa having Jack Grealish and yeah. it just seemed like they were going to be able to hit it this year, but it just it never really came together for them. Um, Bournemouth, this iteration of Bournemouth has just kind of run its course for me. Yeah. They're fun. They're plucky. Oh, the cherries. But, you know, they they should have really kicked on. They should have really kicked on, and they have. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, we thought they were going to be the Dark Horse European team, so. Yeah. The Eddie Howe, unfortunately, I think he got them as far as he could, and then... Like you said, they didn't refresh the squad when it was necessary mm-hmm. for for whatever reason. Uh, Bournemouth, you know, what for what you for what good they did do? Not the most attractive team in the world, so so hard to do that. But uh, well, remember, they used is, to be. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, both those teams do look like they are going down, but still chances potentially for them to save their season um fa cup again is this weekend saturday it's arsenal versus man city and on sunday it's united versus chelsea woohoo can't can not wait i got out of four evils which is the least evil uh didn't you who did you say last was it i'm kind of having a pull for chelsea yeah that's yeah luckily i don't style frank lampard so that's not that bad there you go. Not, not like John Terry. Um, let's uh, let's keep moving. All right, so this was this was the story we we're talking about. Uh, this is coming from the Independent. The Premier League has set their transfer dates for this summer. Um, it's going to be a ten-week window. It opens on July twenty-seventh, the day after the Premier League season ends, um, and it will last until October fifth. So ten weeks. For Daniel Levy to do nothing until October 4th at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And sign, a, and sign a guy from Feyenoord. Yes, or, may, or maybe um, Leon. Maybe we'll get another Leon player. Um, so that's that's when that's going. There will also be a sort of mini window after that uh, for just the the Premier League and the EFL. That'll be from October 5th to the 16th, um, where... Clubs can just make deals between those two. Um, so, yeah, that's, that'll be a little bit interesting. But, yeah, 10 weeks. Wes, I know I know how much you love Silly Season and, and, and the transfer market. Um, so this is it's, – it's been shifted, time shifted. But uh, this is 10 weeks, and, you know, there's nothing going on. Uh, well, I guess technically there's Champions League football going on in August. Um, 
Mm. Never mind. I was about to say, <laughs> there's no World Cup, there's no <laughs> Euros. So, hey, this one's wide open, but I guess there'll still be technically the Champions League. Um, but I'm sure you're looking forward to this, uh, just, just to see how crazy it could possibly be. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, this is completely unprecedented. We have no clue what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, who's going to spend money? Well, we know City's going to spend money. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And we know United and Chelsea are going to spend money. Who else is going to spend money? And who are they going after? You know, is somebody finally going to take Koulibaly out of, um, out of Napoli and just pay an insanely stupid fee for an older player? <laughs> it's going to be... It's going to be crazy, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Is Josie going to get any money to do anything he wants? I don't know. Because if he doesn't, don't worry. He won't hold back on saying something. I'm sure. If he doesn't, we'll know. We will know. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, will Liverpool fans absolutely melt down if we don't go by a big-name guy? And end up getting a guy from, like, Monaco who in two years is going to be the best player in the world. Who knows? I told you so. Believe in Klopp. It's like, no, you threw a goddamn temper tantrum when we signed that guy. Shut up. (laughs) Please welcome the heralded return of Danny Ings to Anfield. Mo Salah, who's this guy? He's just a Chelsea flop. Oh, man. Anyway. um, So... If you've noticed a little through line through this podcast, you uh, you might have heard that we've been talking about City spending a lot of money this year, mm-hmm. this summer. And uh, you might well, be you saying... Gotta have, a, gotta have a big squad when you're in Europe, you know? Well, but, but golly gee, Wes, I thought, I, I thought that uh, City wasn't uh, going to be uh, playing in that whole European professional competition next year, eh? Oh, Ed. I bet in your spare time you believe things that Mark Emmert, head of the NCAA, says. <laughs> I do not. Um, yeah. This was this was the thing. I think three months ago, or how God knows how long ago it actually was. COVID's really weird. Um, when the initial FIFA ban came down on City, that they would be banned for two years from the Champions League. And would be fined like 30 million euros. We were so fucking happy. But in the back of my mind, and I'm pretty sure the back of your mind as well, we just kept thinking, if this gets appealed, City is going to win and everything is going to go to shit. And you knew it was going to get appealed, that's the thing. Yeah. So guess what, everyone? Got appealed. And it went to shit. Um, so the court of arbitration sport, I'm taking this from the athletic article about it. Um, so, this, so this is what happened. This, this is why it's so kind of fucked up. So they're still going to have to pay $10 million out of the $30 million um, Because the court of arbitration sport still found that City did... Um, did uh, fail to cooperate with UEFA's investigation, which was one of the big reasons we felt and other people felt that FIFA came down so hard on uh, on City was because not only did they break the rules, but they were dicks 
when they were trying to get information about the rules that were being broken. So they were like, no, we're going to make an example out of you now. Don't do this shit. So, so that part still holds up, but they reduced the amount for whatever reason. Um, but the main crux was they're not going after them because the inflated, the artificially inflated sponsorship agreements was quote, not established, i.e. not proven or were time barred. So like, there's a whole five year statute of limitations thing. And all I've got to think is at this point, Wes, and as many other people on Twitter and other places have said, what's to stop literally any club now from doing whatever the fuck they want when they're being investigated, drag their feet, obstruct, do nothing, wait five years, and then say, oops, guess you don't have a case anymore. How much do I need to write the check for? Like, this is... This is it, man. Like, considering how much we don't know, because apparently part of it was also UEFA failed to prove some of of the stuff. But the fact that they also mentioned in the official report that things were time-barred means that there were were things City did wrong. Like, there had to have been, or they wouldn't have used that expression. So City got caught, and nothing's going to happen to them because they drug their heels they failed to cooperate, and then time ran out. I, I, I think, I think, Wes, this is the death of financial fair play, it, it, at least in spirit, if not in actuality, because it can't keep operating like this if teams can just do whatever the fuck they want. And and just and and when I say teams, there's obviously an asterisk on there because it's it's City and PSG and these other high level teams. Whereas if you're just like Galatasaray, no, fuck you. And you have like, you can't hire the world's most expensive lawyers to fight for you. So, haha, sorry, fuck you. So I, I, I think F- financial fair play is dead. So get ready for City to spend a trillion dollars this summer, I guess. <coughs> uh, I guess between uh, City and PSG, Barcelona. Who the hell knows? I can't figure out Barcelona have money, don't have money. Weird. Um, and hell, maybe Newcastle. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't have the biggest issue in the world with getting rid of financial fair play. Don't get me wrong. I kind of think you should be able to buy who you can and who you want. Um, I mean, it is kind of shit for smaller clubs, but, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm more of a free market capitalist. So, um, But, I mean, my whole issue is you've shoved this down team stores. You have nailed smaller clubs for this shit before. <laughs> and yet when you finally have the big stage to do, to really just hammer this home and enforce it, that, all right, look, this is how it's going to run from now on. You know, y'all are not... You, know, you cannot just do any damn thing you want. We're going to do something about it. No. My biggest issue is you still slap them with a fine. No, if they're clear of everything, then don't even file. That, that's one of my biggest issues is you're still saying that they're guilty, yet you're just like, oh, you can't do anything about it. It is completely and utterly ridiculous. It is a complete joke. 
UEFA is a complete joke. Once again, they're on par with the NCAA, the NCHSAA, and FIFA. They're a complete fucking joke. So, like you said, I mean, I guess City's going to go and buy whoever. It's like the old, uh, it's like the old Dave Chappelle skit where he was Black George Bush. He said to the UN, "What are you going to do, UN? You're going to sanction me, you and your army? Oh wait, you don't have an army." <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle being just way beyond his own time, didn't realize what he was talking about. That's basically what this is. PSG, what are you going to do? Sanction me? You know. Uh, Manchester City, what are you going to do? Sanction me? <laughs> nah, we'll just find you. We'll find y'all what amounts to you a complete just driving the bucket. We'll, we'll find you for what is like an academy third string. <laughs> yeah. Long live, long live financial fair. And of course, obviously, one of the big things about this was, you know, even even with Leicester falling down the table a little bit, because of City getting banned, hey, there's an extra spot open, so fifth place still goes to the Champions League, so you're not going to fall completely out. So it did make the race to the Champions League more interesting. I will give it that. But this 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 just really sucks. And it, it sucks because you know City is going to be so fucking happy with themselves about getting away with this and the fact that justice doesn't feel like it's going to be served here when we've been saying this for literal years and then they finally have them and they get out on what is like this giant technicality just feels really hollow so i i don't know the one we can we can United this Klopp and Mourinho just went fucking ballistic over this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Klopp and Mourinho, both who could give two shits what you think about them. Sad day for went football. In as hard as they wanted to on City. Mm-hmm. And, and they're they're absolutely right. I mean, that's the thing, you know. At this point, I mean, at this point, you know, it, it's a joke. It's a, they were right as usual. Josie's right and. <laughs> As usual, Joseph's correct. Right? Of course, Joseph's always right. I do. I do like how uh, how uh, Pep came out wanting a uh, an apology from everyone. It's like, oh, oh no, it's so. Because you know, no one is attacking Pep. Yeah, but he takes everything fucking personally. Too, because he is the face. I mean, you know, we can say all day, oh, Abu Dhabi owns Manchester City. Who the fuck's Abu Dhabi? <laughs> True. I mean, there's the Sheik. We, we've heard of the Sheik, but I mean, if if the Sheik walked up next to me in Walmart tomorrow, I wouldn't know who the Sheik was. <laughs> you know, if True. Pep Guardiola walked up next to me, I'd look at him and be like, motherfucker, sign my autograph. <laughs> you know, but I mean, Pep, so Pep is the face, so Pep kind of has to take it on the chin for the club. And two, mm-hmm. it's not like Pep's in here saying, oh, you know, we need to be more financial. <laughs> yeah. Pep's like, no, buy my players. I cannot win without having the having all the money. And I still can't win even with all the money. So, okay. um, <laughs> so 
Mourinho and Klopp are extremely outspoken, and nothing was going to stop them from coming across with what they wanted to say. Um, Josie is a Josie's a little hypocritical about it. Josie, see, I think Klopp. I, I truly, I think, and this isn't just because I'm a Klopp sycophant by any means, but I think Klopp really does have this like spirit of competition. You know, do things a certain way. I think Josie's just mad because he doesn't have all the money. <laughs> I was saying Josie just likes to troll people. You were at Chelsea and you were at United and you were at Real Madrid. You would buy you would my God, you're you would give in your left nut to have Pep's uh unlimited transfer budget. So don't even you know, don't even try to act like you're good Josie. Don't even try to act like you're oh I am a man of the people. No, you're not Josie. You're just pissed because you don't have that transfer budget. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think we've said we've said all our adjectives as many times as we can to describe this, and uh, it's just I'm uh, I'm interested to see how it moves forward now, because, like you said, I mean, is this gonna is this just gonna be like, huh? Okay, I'll do what I want now. I'm Chelsea. I'm United. I'm Liverpool. I'm Arsenal, I'm Tottenham with no money. Um, you know, uh, I'm the Saudis who are going to buy Newcastle. I mean, could this kind of push that through now where they're like, well, shit, we can't come in and spend money now because what the hell are they going to do to us? All we have to do is point back at this, and you know, this is the precedent for getting out of anything now. Yep, so. Good for you, Newcastle. I still think Mike Ashley will fuck this up, but, you know. <laughs> well, uh, in in news like that, um, interestingly, um, Saudi Arabia has permanently banned BN Sports in its country, uh, which you might think, well, what does that matter? And one of the big reasons the people in the Premier League have been balking at uh, the Saudis taking over Newcastle has been all the pirated streams that come out of Saudi Arabia for the Premier League and how they're not feeling really comfortable about that. Um, well, now, with, with this being blocked, which is, of course, totally coincidental, as as we've mentioned um, you know, on this podcast, I think it was two weeks ago, when we talked about the emails, the complaint emails going to the wrong email address. Um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure those just got lost in the mail. Um, so, hey, yeah, this is... Just yet another great thing about the Saudis and their their takeover p- potential takeover at Newcastle. It'll it'll go great, guys. Don't worry. Um, real quick, uh, this this is you know we're not going to go down the whole political hole on this, but just because this this really grossed me out reading this story. Um, a twelve year old. This is coming from the Independent. A twelve year old was arrested for racial abuse targeting Wilfred Zaha of Crystal Palace. Um, I'm not going to read what this kid wrote. Um, If you want to, you are free to go look it up. It is vile. It is heinous. It is is shit that gets you punched in the face if you weren't doing it over a phone screen. Uh, um, And so it's, it's one of those things that's, it's, it's shocking for a lot of reasons. Uh, to me, it's shocking mostly because kid's 12. 
kids 12 is insane shit like this on Instagram. And I don't know. It, it just, it's really disheartening to see that. Like, yes, the internet is already a toxic place. Yes, fans go crazy and, and act like jackasses plenty of times. But for a 12-year-old to be doing this, a fucking 12-year-old to do this, unconscionable, in my opinion. Um, if you have any uh, extra thoughts on this, feel free, or, or, or we can simply move on. Uh, I mean, obviously nothing to defend this little shithead oh. is bullshit. Yeah. But this is kind of, <clears throat> this is the day and age we live in where everybody can put their thoughts out and directly put them to some, to anyone. You know, I can, I can tweet the president of the United States and in two minutes I can tell him whatever I want to tell him. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Somewhere there's an audience for everything you do out there somewhere. Just I think I had this discussion the other day with my father. I won't get into what the discussion was about, but it basically came down to, you know, well, this is the 21st century where everyone's opinion, you know, everyone can share their opinion with everyone, mm -hmm. but it's probably not the best idea to, to do that said thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is just sickening. And you know, the fact is, I mean, he's a twelve-year-old, and he can, you know, he can put this shit out there. But as I say, you know, I'm I fully defend free speech. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have to pay for your free speech. Absolutely, you can say, hey, you can say anything you want, but be ready to suffer the consequences of saying whatever you want. Yeah, people so, people forget free speech is more just like you can say whatever you want against the government and they can't just throw you in jail because you spoke out against it. Doesn't mean you a private business can't say, hey, no, you can't say this shit on our platform. Get the fuck out. So Exactly. So uh, Yeah. I mean that that's really my thing. Just PSA to all you all you fantastic fans out there. Mm. Say what you want, but be ready to pay for what you say. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot yeah. of the times, but I have I have some controversial views. I have some views that will really piss some people off. So you know what I do? Don't share them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Take that however you want. Don't share everything I think. It's just a little something I grew up doing. Don't mm -hmm. say everything I think out loud. Oh, there have been times. <laughs> Ed will I'll tell be, you that when I do th say things that I think out loud, I will get myself in trouble. So. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, there have been times I'll be on Reddit and I will type out multiple paragraph responses, like just torching people on there. And I will get to the end, and before I hit send, I will read through this and I'll be like, what's the fucking point? What's the point of this? <laughs> to 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 win an argument on the internet, whatever, I'm done. And I will just delete and just go on with my day. Um, the only thing, last thing I was going to say is, it's it's a real shame when shit like this happens. Um, I've been thinking with, the, with, with COVID going on um, and the rise of people getting on things like Twitch and broadcasting mm -hmm. that wouldn't have ever done it mm -hmm. um, without this. Like, I know Mike Shinoda of Linkin Park 
um, what, like started out on COVID, had never done anything on Twitch, comes on and does like a few, just like, hey, I'm just going to mess around making some music today. And at this point, it's, well, now I'm streaming every day for like three hours from like one to four in the afternoon. And we're making music or we're making art and we have a little community growing. And to the point where he went on a quick vacation and even streamed for like an hour when he was on vacation. And it's really cool to see a lot of people in this day and age being like using social media and using things like Twitch to have this like more direct contact with their fans and be able to have this sort of interaction. And it's what bums me out. Not the most. I won't say that's the most thing that bums me out about that story because the racist shit is probably what bums me out the actual most. But putting that to the side for a second, the fact that social media can be such a cool thing and a way to directly interact with um, people that we, we like to support, teams, players, whatnot, and the fact that people use it for shit like this really bums me out. Um, social media could be this super awesome thing. That helps bring I mean, everybody we, together. We almost had it when people were just putting up pictures of their dinner. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's when we reached the peak of social media. Show yeah. me what you have for dinner at McDonald's because mm-hmm. I'm so interested. <laughs> Those halcyon days. Oh. Um, speaking about things that are probably going to end up terrible after after having a good concept at the beginning. So there's uh, the Apple TV Plus is uh, making this uh, show about Ted Lasso, the uh, the Jason Sudeikis character who NBC Sports did a quick video of when they were first getting the Premier League rights and they made Sudeikis the uh, the head coach of Tottenham, Tottenham, the Spurs, the, the Hot Spurs. It was this quick like five minute video. It was super funny. Um, just a really nice way of kind of bringing in like the American part of it to, to the premier league without being like really dumbing it down. And especially not bringing that sort of dumbing down to the broadcast, which is why we love NBC sports so much. Uh, but it was just a cute, funny video, whatever. Great. Now they're making like a full fledged TV show out of it. And the fact that the trailer's out there, the fact that there are jokes rip straight like l- verbatim from that first video like they do the whole bit about uh where's he from wales wales how many countries are in this country four like that exact joke is in the initial nbc sports video and is in this trailer and i just i i really could not give less of a shit about this show um hope it does well i like jason sudeikis I, I can't imagine this will be good. You know, there are certain characters that are really good at, like, stealing scenes. Um, uh, but let's just throw a few out. You know, community. Chang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, Ken Jong in general, because also Mr. Chow in the uh, in the Hangover, mm-hmm. Chow and Chang, two of the greatest, most insane characters of all time. Community realized we can't build an entire show around Chang. Chang is a nice character to pop in for a few minutes, but you can't build everything around Chang. 
Um, this is why the, the show Doctor Ken didn't work. Exactly. Um, uh, who's who's our guy? Adrian Pimento. Uh, Jason Matsukas. Yeah. Jason Matsukas. Uh, Adrian Pimento. Rafi on the league. Um, he was Pam in uh, Dirty Grandpa. He's mm-hmm. played some amazingly insane characters that are just glorious. You can't build an entire series around his characters. Mm-hmm. He's he's too much. He's too overboard. Jean Raphael on uh, Parks and Rec. You know, I love Jean Raphael as much as anyone. I will not watch a show about Jean Raphael and Mona Lisa. That's like an entire series. Give me an episode, sure. I'm not watching an entire series that's just Jean Raphael and Mona Lisa. It's going to drive me no. insane after a while. That's the worst. The worst. Ted Lasso is the same thing. It, Ted Lasso is basically a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Wow. You know, yeah. Night at the Roxbury. It was a great Saturday Night Live skit. Abysmal movie. <laughs> uh, Molly Shannon, Superstar. I, I thought it was an abysmal movie. Some people actually liked it. I thought it was abysmal. Funny SNL character. Um, Ken Jeong on the other end. In the first Hangover, stole every scene he was in. In the second Hangover, okay, we gave him a little more. By the third hangover, it's like, okay, this is ridiculous. This is basically the Alan and Chow movie. <laughs> and the third one was far and away the crappiest of them all. There was way too much Chow. You've got to take these super strong, super funny characters and you do them in moderation. You've got to have some limitations to them. Ted Lasso's the same way. They were, it was a great, what they do, two or three skits with it, basically. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was funny. It was hilarious. We loved it. Oh, this is great. I don't need an entire series about Ted Lasso. It's too over the top of a character. It's just too over the top of a character. So um, I'm going to watch. I don't have Apple yeah. Plus TV anyway. Yeah, um, that almost came out to burn me with Peacock today. Which? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm not happy with them, by the way. Luckily, luckily, as I was going through it, it was like, oh, you can see it on SmartCast if you have a Vizio TV. Thank God I have a Vizio TV. Nice. Because um, my Amazon, my uh, the Roku doesn't work there. Uh, it is yep. not on Amazon Fire TV. Can't watch it there. So I'm like, how the hell am I going to watch my match? Oh, I can watch it. I happen to have a Vizio TV, so it worked. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with that <laughs> Yeah, it's on the Apple TV. Uh, doesn't didn't let me log in though. Created an account on my phone. Can watch mm-hmm. it on there. Couldn't watch it on my TV. It took me three times. I made an account, and then it took me three times of clicking on it before it finally let me watch it. It kept saying, "Oh, we had an issue with your login. Please try again." So I understand this was kind of the first big thing for them on there. Oh, this was this was launch day. Today yeah. was the launch. Yeah. yeah. So okay, cool. Fix it, figure it out, get it on more platforms because it's ridiculous for so many people to have so, to have like a major platform and then you don't offer it on that platform. I I think their biggest mistake was a a they haven't because I've been following this. I, I saw that they there's there's a bunch of media devices out there that they're not on and that <laughs> sucks. I also think having your first day when you know your servers are going to get fucking slammed because not only are you doing the Premier League, 
but I was saving this for the Watch 4. I don't care. I'll at least mention it now. Hey, the new Psych movie also debuted today on Peacock. So guess what? A lot of people wanted to watch that, too. So having these multiple big things that people absolutely wanted to watch on your first day of launching, like, Disney ran into this fucking problem. Disney Plus was a train wreck day one. It's gotten significantly better. I love Disney Plus. Thank you very much. But it is a, it was a fucking train wreck day one. And you're putting Premier League matches on there on day one? Come on. And not only that, but you're making that the only place that you can watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this, you know, a lot of these streamers, when they start, you just got to assume you're going to have issues to start with. WWE oh, Network, when it started, was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like the first three or four days, if you could even get logged on, you couldn't watch anything because mm-hmm. they were so jacked up and jammed up. And that's just how it is. So, you know, like you said, it's almost better to slowly introduce media to it. Mm-hmm. But to do that today, it's like, you know, okay, give us the Premier League today, and then this weekend release that site movie. Yeah. You know, don't do it all. You know, don't blow your entire load at once. Come really, on. I'm trying really bad. But so. um, anyway, you know, I will give them credit. Uh, once I did get onto it, it ran well. It looked good. Uh, you know, it took it about a minute for the HD to kick in. Um, the only issue I had was I couldn't turn the uh, closed captioning off. Even when I went and turned it off, it stayed on. So that was kind of my that was my issue. So, but I got to watch Liverpool look like shit today, so it was all good. That's true. <laughs> um. Anything uh, that that's going to do it for news and notes, uh, but anything you'd like to pimp in the athletic uh, before we move on? Jesus, God, there's so much. I, I told I was talking to you. The we other did night. talk about this. Yeah. 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 We were talking about um, something unrelated to the podcast, but we got talking about the athletic because we kind of always do. <laughs> Folks, I know I've said it. Their college football and recruiting shit is just amazing. Oh, amazing. Um, so much good stuff in there. Uh, they've got a good story on Tony Grimes, who was this mega recruit that the University of North Carolina just got a few weeks ago. He is actually reclassifying to come in this fall. Ain't not the best idea ever. <laughs> so I guess if you didn't want to play that much. But, um, you know, I had some stuff there. Had a really, really good article on um, – on, um, Lincoln Riley bringing in uh, the number one quarterback in the country and basically just the quarterback factory that he's turned on in, um, in Norman, Oklahoma. A lot of reaction to the college football world. Um, starting to go with potentially just conference seasons this year. Uh, not playing any non-conference games. Um of course, I mean, God, at this time, I'm, I'm just, I'm seriously, seriously worried that we're not going to have any sort of a college football season. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about that. But anyway, the college football, it's just, it's magnificent. Um, 
There was a really good article football-wise on uh, Jack Charlton this week. Um, Jack Charlton was a member of the 1966 uh, England squad that won the World Cup. Um, starting defender, he and Sir Bobby Moore, just the two dominant English center defenders of the 60s and early 70s. Um, really good article on him. He went on to manage the Irish national team, uh, took him to two World Cups, 90, 90 and 94. Um, just really, really, really good article on him. Uh, and, and the athletic is so good with those, but just the, the last little paragraph in there is just, uh, I mean, it, 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 tug, it tugged at the heartstrings. Ed. I was about to get a little teary-eyed. It was, uh, it was just that good. Um, but anyway, just, I mean, here's my thing, folks. You get the athletic. If you go on it and can't find something to read, you just don't need to read anything about sports. It's just that good. Yeah. It anyway, really those is. are my go-tos this week. So, uh, those are the ones that really stuck out. Um, I'll, all I'll say is, if you're if you're not doing the uh, if you're not if you're not following along with the sixty best uh, moments in baseball that Joe Buznanski is doing, um, holy shit, they're so good. They're they just so doing a lot of the Sid yeah. they did. They did on Sid Bream. The most recent one that is on here is the. Uh, I believe this is still the most recent one. Or did he post one? Um, that I didn't know. Uh, oh, okay. No, now the most recent one is uh, the Shopper around the world. Uh, I thought it was that. Oh. The, I thought the most recent one was uh, Lou Gehrig's speech uh, that he made when he retired. Uh, but yeah, the, no, the Giants win the pennant is currently the one that is, and that's 13, yeah. 13, man. Like, holy shit. There's still so many. Yeah. Um, uh, there's some great ones. Joe Carter hitting the world series walk-off home run. Um, that was a great one. Um, David. Freese, <laughs> yeah. Um, David Freese, um, his game six for the Cardinals back in the 2011 world series, uh, which Still is bonkers how Texas did not win that one. Uh, so many great ones here. Um, so go. Oh, go here's one. Here's one I just came across that I've saved. Uh, when Bo met Dion, two transcendent oh. stars, a feud, and a night at Yankee Stadium. Oh, that just sounds excellent. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. Um. That, that, if, you're, if you're interested in the, um, in the professional uh, foosball, as Mrs. Mm-hmm. Boucher called it, um, <laughs> one thing the, now one thing the athletic does that I had a little issue with is um, they do get a little PC for me at times. Okay. Uh, they have taken to calling, I don't give a shit, they're the Washington Redskins. They call it the Washington Football Club. I'm like, come on, y'all. Jesus God. You're not Washington sure. FC. Washington. The, the Washington team. I'm like, give me a freaking break. And, mm. I, and I understand going forward if you want to do that. <clears throat> but when what I was reading was about, I was reading an interesting article, the worst college football programs over the last 60 years. And basically oh. it took the worst program by decade. 
And the very first one was about um, Kansas State, like in the 60s. They won like nine games in the entire decade. They were horrid. Mm-hmm. And it always goes, it's like um, the silver lining or the hidden gem. Like, so it, it gives you like a, pl- a really good player who came out of there. And one of the players that came out was a running back who played for the Redskins. And all it would say was, um, went and played for the Washington team. And I'm like, it wasn't clicking with me. I'm like, wait a minute, he played at Kansas State. Are you saying he played at Washington? And so I was like, these motherfuckers are sitting here saying the damn Redskins and calling them the Washington team. What is this bullshit? <laughs> so that, and it seemed like they went through like a week where they were doing Black Lives Matter. And every time they had the word black in an article, they had it uppercase which I just found like why I mean what is this doing you know just it's like oh he was wearing black cleats and it was a capital B oh, was, oh okay I understand okay I th- whatever I thought you were saying the, the black and black lives matter was capitalized I was like no 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 just the black right. like just randomly within stories if the word black of anything came, like he was wearing a black shirt they had a capitalized <laughs> B so I was like are we really doing this come on but, um, anyway, just little nitpicks I have of life. But other than that, folks, Jesus, God, give them your money. It's, it's, yes. it's, it is the most worthwhile subscription I pay for. I pay for it every year. Don't we pay about a year? Yes. Yeah, I pay for it every year. I mean, other than my Amazon Prime and um, my Netflix, I mean, it's by far the best money I spend. Absolutely fantastic. Um. So that is that is going to do it for that section. Uh, watch four. Uh, anything you've been watching? We know we know you have keeping up or didn't finish community. So anything else you've been watching in the week that was of the week that will be? Um. So while well, I haven't been watching that, I am quickly finishing up season four of Better Call Saul. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, man, that damn Jesus. Yeah, I was obviously I was a big fan of Breaking Bad, and this is kind of like a prequel spinoff of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. It's it is it is so good. It is so good. They just finished up season five. Season six is coming whenever you know. You know, AMC they don't exactly like adhere to regular schedules, so right. we'll see when we get season six. But that's going to be the last season of it. And mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is such a worthy accompaniment to an all time great show like Breaking Bad was. Mm-hmm. It is, it is such a fantastic accompaniment because you're getting so much more with it. Um, it's just, it, it's super good. So I, I can't, I can't tell you guys enough to watch Better Call Saul. Um, Hamilton has come to Disney Plus. Have you watched that yet? I haven't. Uh, one name producer Jackie does want to watch it, so I imagine, I imagine at some point right. we will check it out. There. Well, uh, the um, the uh, podcast mother Lynn wants to watch it as well, so. And she doesn't know how to turn it to Disney Plus without me doing it. So ah. <laughs> she is at my mercy to watch Hamilton sometime. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I believe I will be watching it soon. So, uh, yeah, Hamilton, Disney Plus. I mean, apparently, you know, it is the cultural phenomenon of the last couple of years. Um, mm. So, yeah, might as well get on board. You know me. I always try to show up to these things fashionably late. Yes. Uh, I wasn't into it mm. when it was popular, but now I'm into it because it's kitschy. <laughs> yeah, one day I'm going to watch Avatar. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not that kitschy. I'm not that kitschy. I'm not that kitschy, man. 
Um, real quick, and then I'll I'll do mine. Um, Mike, I have two questions for you in regards to Better Call Saul. Um, the sure. first question is: Is it less bleak, I guess, than Breaking Bad? Um, yes, it's not quite as dark and dirty as Breaking Bad. Okay, it does. Because... It has obviously its darkness. Uh huh. I mean, you're dealing with you're dealing with Saul. You're dealing with um. Uh, Mike Ehrmantraut, the um, you know the guy, the fixer. Uh, you're dealing. Um, Gus Fring is all over this thing. <laughs> you know, you're you're actually seeing like the building of his drug empire, mm-hmm. which is really really freaking cool. Um, I mean, so many of the Breaking Bad characters that were ones who were introduced into Walter White's life. Uh, so many of them are in this. I mean, so many of them. It is, it is great. It is great. All the way down to Frank's henchman, um, uh, Saul's uh, kind of bodyguard guy who's just like funny while he's also this big, like horrible criminal guy. He's, he's just, he's funny. Uh, you're getting introduced to him. Um, Michael McKeon actually plays uh, Saul's brother in it. And he has a story arc that is just, I mean, it's it's tough at times because it really delves into mental illness with him. Um, but I mean, it is as a standalone. It is a fantastic standalone show. But then you put it that it's hooked in with um, Breaking Bad, and it's just like, ah, this is beautiful. This is absolutely. That, that was actually going to be my second question. Like, if if I wanted to watch it without bre- watching Breaking Bad, could I watch it? So, okay. yes, you could watch it as like. So, say you had never watched either of them. Uh huh. Now, as far as I'm getting into it, like I said, I'm almost done with season four, and obviously, it's going to go into, I guess, stopping to wherever Breaking Bad starts. If you wanted to watch this before you watch Breaking Bad, I'm guessing you could. Yeah. Uh, but yes, as a standalone series, it does enough to introduce these characters and t- <laughs> it gives you everything about these characters. So you're getting a lot more background even here than, you know, when you're watching Breaking Bad, you're like, oh, I wonder what his deal is. Oh, I wonder what his deal is. But at the same time, there's some interspersing with things that you saw in Breaking Bad and also um, Aftermath of Breaking Bad. So it definitely, there would be a few scenes that were kind of out of place if you hadn't watched Breaking Bad, if you know what I mean. Gotcha. I don't understand why this is happening right now. Where if you'd seen Breaking Bad, you're like, oh, I totally get this. Fair enough. Um, I may may end up checking out Better Call Saul then. Have, Have you watched Breaking Bad? Did you watch it? I, I did not watch Breaking Bad. It was it was when the, it was a part of that era of like peak television where right. everybody was shooting for like let's right. see how dark and bleak and depressing we can make it. Right. And I that's just not really my jam. Yeah. Uh, it's another reason like why everybody everybody kept going to me. You know, Edward, Edward, you, you're a giant nerd. You would love Game of Thrones. And I was like, shut the fuck up. No, I would not. I'm not, I'm not touching Game of Thrones. I have no desire to touch Game of Thrones. I like my little yeah. cultural references. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, what do we tell, you know, what do we tell the angel of death not today? Yeah. Or the God, what do we tell the God of death not today? I'll use that myself. I'm not going to watch that. Though. 
Yeah. So just, the, the, that it was like that and Breaking Bad. And don't get me wrong, I have always said from everything I've read about Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. it seems like a a tremendous show and deserves every award it's ever gotten. I have <laughs> zero problem with Breaking Bad. It's just not my cup of tea. Gotcha. And I, and I felt like Better Call Saul Saul would maybe be like a little lighter, and 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 I was like I I might be able to do Better Call Saul at the end of the day because well, like I can I, handle some drama. But you know when Better Call Saul is over and you decide to binge it one day, mm-hmm. you know you might get to the end of it and be like shit I want to watch Breaking Bad now. True, also true because it would it would make more sense and you could slide right into it and you know you would continue following the story of these characters right so okay. um, yeah all righty um yeah so for my watch four um i again i didn't get to watch the psych 2 movie because it you know peacock didn't work on my tv uh but one day it will and one day we're gonna watch it um that is one of my favorite shows of all time even though there is in my opinion a fairly steep drop in quality towards the end um but the first psych movie was great absolutely fantastic and the second one i think promises to be even better uh joel McHale's in it so that's that's fun um so yeah i'm i'm very much looking forward to checking it out and the fact that i don't have to actually pay for peacock to watch it is pretty great because i really did not feel like paying for another subscription service so so kudos a lot of the stuff i did kind of glance through peacock a lot mm-hmm. of it is stuff that like we already get on other on other uh services yeah, yeah like it's you know, like one of the things that threw me is like we have the entire thing of parks and recreation i'm like yeah i have hulu thanks yeah it's like oh we have all of 30 rock yeah it's on Hulu. yeah 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 i mean there's a lot of stuff on there but like I, it seems like if you don't subscribe to like netflix and hulu Peacock seems like a good deal, but if you already subscribe to those, there's no real point in paying. Unless you just have money to burn, I guess. And you really, really hate ads. Um, so yeah, that's my watch for. Um, I don't think... you didn't. Oh, you didn't say that. I forgot. What the fuck? And this is the last thing we'll do. Um, we're obviously not going to do a, a So Elite Raw, but I'm trying to figure out why you said it's going on indefinite hiatus. Uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> WWE has confirmed Seth Rollins or Rey Mysterio have to pull their opponent's eye out to win the eye for an eye match at Extreme Rules. Yeah. We we talked about that a few weeks ago. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. I think we just talked about it in text. Oh, I can't remember. It was one or the other, but yeah. I mean, I just... Oh, man. Oh dear, I just I don't I don't know. I really think at this point they just need to give up the live gimmick. And especially now when there's like nobody in the stands. And just go like full Lucha Underground and just be entirely <laughs> pre-produced. Just do a bunch of weird CGI shit along with it. You can do like time travel bullshit. You can do clones. You can do whatever the fuck you want, Vince McMahon. And you just going to be crazy and weird. And, and people can actually get thrown off a building. And you don't have to think about, wait, did, did, did that guy just die because you threw him off the building? Nobody's going to question that if it's edited to shit. 
Like everybody's thinking, like, oh shit, that guy's dead. But now you're. But when it's like, quote unquote, live, you're like, okay, I guess he got thrown off a building. But because I know everything's fake and this breaks my immersion, I know he's probably fine. Kayfabe only gets you so far, Vince. You know, so. Kayfabe is dead. Damn it. Might be. It might be. We know All right. <laughs> that's gonna do it for this edition of the foreign affair podcast episode three two three in the books um want to give another shout to ngsc sports ngscsports.com we never stop uh you can find them on the social as well as us on twitter we are at afa pod wes you are at west brad channel 21 I am at Edward Green. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show, and email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Finally, thanks to our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and the Apple Podcasts app. Um, so again, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, next week, we'll be back up to almost put a bow on the season. Um, there'll be you know, about a half week's worth of matches left leading into that in championship Sunday. Um, I believe when is uh, Wednesday is Liverpool, Chelsea. Um, it is. No, it's on Saturday. Oh, okay. Saturday. So, uh, we will, yeah, we've, we got, we've got two matches left. We play Saturday and then, um, championship Sunday. Sunday. So Saturday, uh, will be the trophy lifting at Anfield for, uh, oh. Liverpool. So excited I get to work on Saturday, of course. Of course. Um, So we'll be talking about that. We'll be recapping it and uh, anything else that happens to pop up here in the meantime. Uh, And hey, you know, Champions League, that whole tournament gets started in a couple weeks in August. So plenty. I'm really excited about that. I just need to know who the hell's going to broadcast it. Oh, CBS. CBS. It has been confirmed. CBS will be broadcasting it. Kick ass. I'm down with it. There you go. I know I can fit on you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, so with that, I think we're going to wrap up here. Uh, but before we uh, boost away, uh, Wes, anything else you want to mention? Big thanks to Corona, because at this point, I am very, very doubtful that I'm going to get any high school football this fall. Yeah. yeah. Of course it's the year that Rocky Mount has a freaking top 100 national player. <sighs> of course it is. This was finally going to get to be the year Wes watched Rocky Mount in person win a state title. This was damn it. Oh, oh you're probably right. It probably was the damn year that was going to happen. You know that shit. Um, I was talking to one of the uh, local coaches tonight because Ed had a gig tonight. Yes. Yes, you did. Back in the booth, baby. Hell yeah. And it was. It was almost as almost as optimal as our WHIG TV did. Oh, oh boy! Where I did I did Facebook Live over an an Android phone with my uh, Bluetooth headset. Oh boy! Sitting behind, kind of played at a uh, at a little league game. Awesome! It's a gig, baby. It's first, that's really actually the first baseball I've done in like two or three years. That's true. Uh, it would have been great if I had like. Any information or background on any of those players. <laughs> anyway, um, God, it was interesting. I was talking to one of the local coaches whose son was playing the game tonight. 
Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, you know, this is going to like wreak havoc with ADMs and, you know, not, yeah. not knowing how many kids are actually going to school and what's going to happen here. And I mean, there's a, there's a chance that the next realignment, you could see the Nash County schools dropping to two, apparently. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Some of that might just be the way, well, some of that's like the way they're realigning things, apparently, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. 4A and 1A are going to be like smaller divisions than 3A and 2A. Isn't that already the case? Well, no, like in actual terms, you know, like right now, they've got like the same numbers the whole way through. It's oh. like, and I'm not sure the numbers, but just say 80, 80, 80, 80. I don't think okay. that's, that's the number. This would be more like if you did 80, 80, 80, 80, it would be more like 40, 120, 120, 40. Hmm. Okay. So there would be more 3A and more 2A teams. So that would encompass, you know, more like 4A teams dropping down, which could push the Rocky Mountains, Southerns, Northerns of the world down into 2A because they're like smaller 3A schools. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know exactly how it would work, but that's just a very rudimentary, like, nickel version of how this thing would work. Interesting, interesting. And then, you know, they're talking about, you know, the kids who aren't going to go to school, what are they going to count toward, and who knows, man. I mean, this could... God. This this has... The thing is, we're seeing just the tip of everything right now. I mean, especially when it comes to school numbers and shit like that, we're looking at two or three years total, I think. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was talking to one named producer Jackie. Um, I think she said, yeah, uh, I believe she said 20% of Wake County students have signed up for virtual, the virtual Academy, which is where, Mm -hmm. because, uh, if you don't know this, North Carolina has made the very sound, massive air quotes, decision mm-hmm. to have uh, kids go on a three-week rotation where one week they're in classes and two weeks they are out. It'll be great. Don't worry. What? what well, I know, if you I have... know came out with something today. I was obviously, I was at a gig, so I don't know everything he said today. So thank you for this information. Yeah. Um, and so apparently, like, people have started, like, really signing their... Because you can't sign your kid up to be in what's called Virtual Academy, which is where they never go to school. Like, like physically go to school. They are always online. And as far as what she... From what she showed me, and I hope I'm remembering this correctly, I believe it was 20% of the Wake County School District has already selected to go to the Virtual Academy. So, yeah, it's it's gonna be a shit show. It's gonna be a terrible fucking shit show. You know, you know how diligent these parents are when it comes to teaching their kids. Yeah, Why don't y'all teach them some manners to start with. <laughs> Week one, proper manners in public. It will go on after that. Proper manners on Instagram. Um. Hey, you're 12. Don't send racial threats to Wilfred Zaha. Please. Please don't. Week do that. one. Anyway, 
So that'll do it for our uh, latest edition of the A Foreign Affair podcast. Uh, for my call and crime with Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll be back next week to talk about Liverpool raising the cup, and hopefully it'll be actually after a win. So, yes! <laughs> so with that, uh, everyone, stay safe, wash your hands, and enjoy the football. Good night, everyone. I, I can't even put just one place to sleep tonight because, Jesus, as it keeps going, we just all need to go to sleep and maybe wake up in the winter. Yeah. Not a terrible idea, my friend. Not terrible. <sighs> all right. Craig, you can leave now. Bye, Craig. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.